He crossed his arms. John, your father's dead. He was shot this morning, not far from the house. He waited for me to say something. I didn't. The pounding in my head doubled and I felt sick. Outside the Optimo Deli. Another pause. Maybe waiting for a question. I'm sorry. I chewed the inside of my cheek, trying to catch my breath and will my stomach to be still. I wondered what was stranger, that my father had been shot, or that it was Purvis standing there telling me. We'd known each other since we were kids, grew up across the street from each other. He knew my family. Then, in high school, Purvis and I had a falling out he's never been able to leave behind him. No, you're not sorry, I said. And neither am I, and you know it. Give me a little credit, John. I don't like seeing anyone die. I don't like telling anyone about the loss of a loved one. He paused. Even you. He almost grinned. Either way, I'm going to need that gun. Take it. I got nothing to hide. I hope that's the truth, Purvis said, pulling on a pair of rubber gloves. Whatever, Purvis. Despite his news, he bored me already. He just snapped the rubber at his wrists. He picked up the gun and dropped it into a clear plastic bag. He put the bag in his jacket pocket. You may want me on your side on this, he said, peeling off the gloves. Enjoying yourself? I asked. I hadn't shot the old man, and Purvis, despite his tough cop act, knew it. If he really thought I'd done it, he'd have been at the door with his gun and cuffs out, and about 14 other cops. If I wanted, I could tell him right now what the police lab would tell him in a couple of days, if the gun ever made it there. That gun had never been fired. We're going to your parents' house, Purvis said. My partner's waiting for us. He wants to talk to you about this, obviously. You talked to my sister? I asked. Called her myself this morning. He checked his watch. She's arriving soon. Said she was leaving right away. He looked down at my feet. Put some shoes on and let's get going. I'm sure you want to get this over with. How about you don't give me orders, I said. I can get there on my own. Waters told me to bring you, he said. I'm not riding over there in the back of a cop car like a goddamn criminal. I walked to the window pulled aside the shade and looked down at Purvis's terribly obvious, unmarked white sedan. Shit, it's bad enough the whole block will be thinking I'm a narc. We've waited long enough, Purvis said. Waters is getting pissed. I'll drive over myself, I said, walking back over to him. I nodded toward the bedroom. I've got company to attend to. Then the name he dropped finally fell into place. Nat Waters? He's in on this? He's my partner. We've got the case. This was getting richer by the moment. I'll be there, I said, shooing him toward the door. Scurry back to your boss and tell him I'm on my way. Purvis stopped in the doorway. You are still a fucking asshole. Whatever, I said, and slammed the door in his face. Molly sat in the middle of the bed. The bedclothes kicked down to her ankles her knees drawn up to her chest, her black cherry hair loose over her shoulders. She glowed in the afternoon sun shining through the window behind her. She blinked at me. 
apprehension on her face. Did I just hear Purvis call you an asshole? She asked. I crossed my arms and leaned in the doorway. That you did. Neither the first nor the last time that'll happen. She rolled her eyes, kicked her feet free, and slid to the edge of the bed, reaching down for her clothes. She knew my history with Purvis, found the enduring antagonism rather pathetic. She knew it had started with her. What was he doing here? I thought you two fell out years ago. We did, I said. It was business. I hesitated, unsure of how to tell her the news, unsure if I wanted to. Police business. She stopped dressing and stared at me, waiting. I couldn't leave it there. She'd make all the wrong assumptions if I did. Hell, I figured. It's not like she won't find out anyway. My father's been killed.